You know, our theme, this is the last Sunday in July, and throughout this month, we have been working with a theme of pulled by vision, pulled by vision. Michael Beckwith says that we're pushed by pain until we're pulled by vision. Life is moving us forward into our next highest, the next rung and spiral of our evolution, and we can either um, move up the ladder to that next rung, either being pushed or pulled, we get to choose. We get to choose. And it's a much more joy-filled ride when we are pulled by the vision rather than pushed by pain. But other, either way, life's going to find us, find a way to move us into our next highest good. And so that's what we've been talking about this month is about how can we support ourselves in having the experience of our personal and collective evolution of one of joy, one of vision, rather than being pushed. Or as I've heard some say, you know, getting the message, you know, um, by a cosmic two by four. (laughs) So I don't want that. I don't want that. So um, so we've been talking each week about principles and practices to support us in getting out of our own way. And today we're going to be wrapping up this, this theme of being pulled by vision by working with the principle specifically, and I'm going to spell it out for you right here, focusing on what we want focusing on the vision rather than the pothole or the wall or obstacle that may seem to be in front of us. The principle I'm going to be sharing with you today and the message today is about us doing our part to make room for the vision by allowing our attention to be on it, especially in those times when things don't appear to be working out, or it can even feel like things are falling apart. Or even for us at Concordia, you know, we started meeting in person again on the 11th of July. And here we are, I mean, I'm coming to you again from my basement. (laughs) It's funny, you have to laugh. No, really, you do. You have to laugh. Because we make plans and then life happens, and it can appear that things are falling apart or things aren't working out, but this too is good. This too is God, and I demand of my mind to see the blessing in it, the good in it. This is how our good is working out, and so it only is really truly falling apart. What's falling apart? The way that we believe that it should be, rather than what is. And so here we are, it's a beautiful day, it's a perfect day, and we're coming together online virtually, and we are contemplating principles to help us get out of our way, so that even when we are not in person for a Sunday service, that our minds are free, and that that this is part of the vision. And that we're pulled by it versus going, oh, one step forward, one step back. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you a story about something that happened in um, 
little over 100 years ago, it was in April 1912, that the Titanic set sail from Queensland, England to New York City Harbor. And do you know that day that she set sail, she was the largest passenger um, steamship in the world. The Titanic was part of what they called the Olympic class, like the Olympians, which were even larger than the, like the Titans, you know, that were greater than the, um, the gods, the Olympic gods. But this Olympic class of ships was the largest and most luxurious ship on the ocean. Those who were traveling first class there during that maiden voyage, um, they they were some of the most prominent people in the world. There was such excitement about this ship because of some of the advances. And it was thought that she was unsinkable. So here on April 14th, the Titanic had made its trip two thirds of the way. It was 60% of the way to New York City. The temperature outside was nearly freezing and that evening, there was no moon to be seen in the sky. It was clear. And according to second officer Charles Lightoller, the sea was like glass. Now, the days that led up to that one, there were a few messages that were actually communicated to the ship, warning them of icebergs ahead to watch out. But, you know, there weren't any operational reasons for them to slow down or change course because, see, the Titanic was unsinkable. But they also had every, um, every two hours, there was a team that would change, that went up in the crow's nest to look ahead. And there were three teams. And so every two hours, there was another team going up and looking and looking to see what was ahead. But you know what? That night, April 12th, with the combination of no moon, no wind, also no binoculars, and to add to that, the dark side of an iceberg facing the ship, well, the lookouts were almost of no use. It was at 11.39 p.m. They were sailing off of the Grand Banks of Newfoundland. And the lookouts, there were two lookouts who spotted an iceberg up ahead. It was Frederick Fleet and Reginald Lee. Fleet, he rung the bell three times. And then he telephoned the bridge. And the sixth officer, James Moody, he answered it. And Fleet yelled, is anyone there? Is anyone there? And Moody and and Moody said, "Well, yes, yes, I'm here. Moody's here. What do you see? Iceberg right ahead. Thank you," is what Moody said. Then he informed First Officer William Murdoch, who was a senior officer at that time, and said, "There's an iceberg right ahead." Thirty-seven seconds later, after that call, the Titanic hit the iceberg. Or maybe it might be more accurate to say the iceberg hit the Titanic. Two hours and 20 minutes after that, the Titanic was below the waves. I remember Kevin and I, we went on a cruise to Alaska 
And while we we saw small icebergs in Glacier Bay, we saw small icebergs. Icebergs can be beautiful as well as fear-raising displays of nature. You know, we've all heard that phrase, the tip of the iceberg the tip of the iceberg, and and you may already know what that means, the tip of the iceberg. What what is really interesting about icebergs is that they're made of fresh water, and the density of an iceberg as pure ice in salt water, the difference between that and the the salt water, it causes only 10% of the the water or the ice to be visible. So we see 10% of the iceberg at top and beneath the surface, what is hidden, what is submerged is another 90%. That's why I said that rather than the Titanic hitting the iceberg, the iceberg, the 90% below the surface is what hit the Titanic. And you know, this is the truth about life. Behind every effect, behind every circumstance, behind every situation, there is underlying it, there is beneath it, submerged a deeper reality. There is a cause. You know, we don't see the wind, but we do see the effects of the wind blowing. And we don't see love as an emotion, but we see the results of it. We can feel love's presence. There is so much more that we do not see than what we do see. Some might say about the times in which we're living right now and the waters through which we are navigating as a species, some might say that they're treacherous waters. I mean, can you think of any icebergs <laughs> that we're getting warned about these days? There are lookouts all over the place that who are calling around, about icebergs that might be ahead or that might be upon us. Warning cries. If you know, if you can think of any icebergs, I'll share some with you. But any things that we're being warned about or that things people are calling out to us, but the environment, climate change. I mean, we see multiple icebergs, I think, around us. What's what is going on in the, the Pacific Northwest? Hotter than hotter than the, the deserts in, in Nevada the job market, the economy, racial and gender divides and inequalities. There are icebergs, yes, all around us. And most of the focus, as a matter of fact, that's presented to us in the media and in the news is that's what they're really talking about, are icebergs. And what we choose to focus on at Concordia is not to ignore the icebergs, And even with our theme this month about being pulled by vision, when we are living by principle, our focus needs to be on our destination. It needs to be on the vision rather than on the obstacle and the circumstances. 
The theme this month is being pulled by vision. So I want to ask you right here, just check in. Are you more aware of what is not working in your life than what your heart is calling for and calling you towards? You see, we are trained because, oh, it's not here yet that I don't have it. Oh, the desire in our heart is evidence that it is ours by divine birthright. Are we making room for it? You know, in science of mind, we know that all that of all, all of the situations that we consider icebergs that threaten to divert us, that threaten to even maybe even sink us from our vision, we can change our course. Appearances, effects, conditions, circumstances, these are all the results of what has been put into. Tracy talked about this and and spoke this in her spiritual mind treatment about this universal law that responds to us. Whatever we plant into it, it mirrors back to us in our experience a mirror of what we've planted into it automatically. And so we can change the waters in which we are navigating by giving our attention and putting into that universal law that which we are seeking rather than what we're trying to navigate around. This morning, what I want to share with you is a couple lessons are things that we can learn from icebergs to support us in being pulled by our vision rather than trying to have to figure it out how to get around the iceberg. We're on a journey and we will encounter icebergs. There are obstacles. But just as they can be scary, they can also inspire us. They can inspire us and let us know that we are sailing, that we have set sail, that we are moving, moving, that there is movement, that life is happening. So what's the first thing? The first thing that we can, the first lesson from icebergs that I want to share with you is that studying the iceberg doesn't get you out of its way. Studying the iceberg doesn't get you out of the way of the iceberg. (laughs) You know what? When we spend our time dwelling on things that we fear, things that fear has in fact brought about, when we start our day with our friends at NBC, CNN, ABC, Fox, whatever it is, whatever letters you want to use, and they're asking us questions of like, oh, well, how low is the is the market going to go today? Oh, Bitcoin, what's happening with cryptocurrency? Oh, and what is happening with this? What's happening with that? And we're sitting there and with our friends inviting us to contemplate and study what isn't working so well. When they're asking us to consider what politician may or may not have been lying to us and trying to keep us from our good, spending time with those types of questions, studying why and how things aren't working, guess what? It produces within us the same state of consciousness that created the circumstances to begin with. I'm going to say that again. 
When we put our attention on the circumstance and condition and study it, study it and become intimate with it, it produces within us the same state of consciousness that created the circumstances to begin with. We begin to go get into resonance with it, which is the exact opposite of what we want. So instead of avoiding the iceberg, spending time looking at it, guess what you're seeing? Iceberg. In fact, <laughs> you know, with social media, you know, instead of avoiding the iceberg, sometimes for some of us and not any of you, but we can climb up right on the iceberg and camp out on it. I'm thinking of Facebook and all of the comments and likes and about what other people are putting out there about camping out on an iceberg. Dwelling on anything that we name iceberg activates within us that same vibration. And this isn't to say, stick your head in the sand and avoid what you are able to do. But studying what's wrong doesn't bring you to right action. Us spending time listening to the news, talking and bemoaning with coworkers and friends, and, and then even sometimes we justify our, our study of, of our circumstances and hanging out in a not-so-good place by saying, I really want to understand what's going on here. I really want to understand this iceberg. <laughs> because we believe that, that somehow that it's going to push the iceberg away and prevents any other iceberg from approaching when what we're doing is we're aligning with the emotional vibration and frequency. We become like that which we upon that we place our attention. We become like that upon which we place our attention. I'm not saying don't pretend icebergs don't exist. I mean, that would be a, not, a whole nother lesson, a whole nother message. Icebergs won't be ignored. See, the Titanic did teach us that. Icebergs won't be ignored. So it's not to say ignore the iceberg, but it's what we do when we encounter things in our life that appear to stop us from moving forward on our journey, that stop us from being pulled by the vision. You know, in car racing school, they start you out with something. And I've always thought it'd be interesting to go to a race car driving school, not because I want to drive laps, but because um, really to get a handle of, you know, of handling a car, getting confident in, in sort of some extreme conditions and handling a car. But, but they start you out in race car driving school with what they call a skid car. A skid car. And have you heard of this? A skid car is an, is an automobile that has a computer built right into it that's, that has, um, that's, has hydraulic lifts that can pull any wheel. The instructor can pull a wheel off of the road 
and set the car into a skid that will move in the direction. The instructors just so here you're behind the wheel and all of a sudden this wheel comes up off the road. Now this one. Now, what does that have to do with driving a race car? How could you possibly learn how to drive a race car? How does that help someone? Well, the fundamental idea that they're trying to teach the driver is focus on where you want to go, not on what you fear. You see, if while you're driving on a course and you start to skid out of control, the tendency is to look at the approaching wall. <laughs> Isn't that, that, that is the natural response. All right, so let me just, that is the natural response to look at that which is approaching you. But if you keep focusing on that wall, that's where you're going to end up. Drivers know that you go where you look. You travel in the direction of your focus. So if you have faith and focus on where you want to go, you know the wall's coming. You know the wall is coming that direction. You're skidding that direction. But if you instead turn and look, if you look instead of the direction that you want to go at the vision, aware that there's a wall approaching, then you have a better chance of moving in the direction of where you're looking. But if you're looking at that wall, you stand no chance. You can't avoid the wall because we move in the direction upon which we're focused. There's always involution before evolution. There's love that is pointing the way. The law makes it happen. Love is pointing the way. There's an idea. What are we looking at? Where are we moving? If we free our minds to look away from the obstacles, to look away from the circumstances, the rest will follow. That's the title of today's message. Free your mind and the rest will follow. It is, it, there is a title of a song by In Vogue, which was one of my favorites during the 90s. Um, you could sing along that too. Free your mind and the rest will follow. Are we watching for appearances that we're afraid of? Are we looking for them to show up? Are we afraid of the appearance and circumstances? We are on our abundance and vision of more good, more prosperity, and we get released and set free from our jobs. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? This does not look like the journey that I thought. Oh, there's an iceberg uh, of, of unemployment. What am I? Unemployment. I'm unemployed. I'm unemployed. No, you're not. You're on a journey to greater abundance. Learn from this, and but keep looking in the direction that you want to go. You may have to plot a new direction, but focusing on what we fear does not bring us to a greater expression and experience of more good. Now, one way that we can navigate around icebergs that we encounter on our way is by asking questions. Two weeks ago, there the title, the talk title was about our how are we com, um, about our commitments versus our our resistance, or is our commitment greater than our resistance? 
The quality of our life is determined by the questions that we ask. Jesus said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. There is an infinite intelligence upon which we are a sail that we are a part of, that that mind is part of us. And it's ready and able and doing its best to move us in the direction that brings us joy. And if we can ask our minds questions that can help us change our focus, then we can cooperate with the currents of this ocean of life. You know, let me give you an example here. So let's say that you're in a situation and and it feels like someone is taking advantage of you. That someone is, I think we've all been there, that someone is taking advantage of us. Now we could ask the question, why are they taking advantage of me? Why is why are they taking advantage of me? Now that is a question. If you were to put that into Google, why is this person taking advantage of me? What is it any different when we're asking ourselves the question? We'd get results from Google. Nonsense. Asking ourselves questions that don't bring us in the direction of where we want. <laughs> Not so helpful. What we do by asking questions that we really don't want the answers to, that don't help us move, we get we get trapped into a collision course because our focus is on people taking advantage of us. How about another question you could ask, how can I turn this around? How can I turn this situation around with this person? What can I do that can help me feel more empowered? You know, there may be a question, how am I going to make ends meet this month? That might be a question that you might be asking right now. How am I going to make ends meet? It might be a question that you ask on a regular basis. How about this question instead? Because you see, how am I going to make ends meet? Is that really where you want? Is that the iceberg you want to end up on of making ends meet? What can I do to increase my prosperity consciousness? What can I do to increase my consciousness of prosperity? Dr. Kennedy Schultz, he said, we don't need, and in response, he was having a conversation and people were saying, oh, I need more money. I need more money. He says, you don't need more money. You need a larger consciousness. Asking questions that empower us and open us up to receive more ideas, help us navigate the path so that we can be pulled by vision. How am I going to get this done in time? How can I get this done in time? How about instead, what am I committed to finishing? What am I committed to finishing? What have I done of value today? Who do I love? Who loves me? What do I enjoy? You see, these are questions that cause us to open up, our hearts to open rather than the shutdown and feel contraction. You can feel it in the energy of the question. There's another lesson from icebergs. I want to share with you, you know, in merit, a merit, marine navigation history, we have records of ships that have sunk or have been damaged by iceberg going back for years and years and years. 
but it was a result of the greatest maritime disaster to occur in 1912, that of the sinking of the Titanic, that it actually caused an international coalition to form to say, you know what, we need to work together to deal with this type of hazard. Before then, it was like every ship is, you know, every captain and every ship, every boat is, you, you know, it's, you know, every, every man, every person for themselves. But because of this incident, the International Ice Patrol was formed. And their purpose is to monitor the presence and the movement of icebergs and pointing out a path to safety. Safety. Here's the lesson. It's not enough to be aware of the icebergs. You need to know the path of safety. I'd like to think of Concordia Center for Spiritual Living as a ice patrol aware and knowing of what's going on, but also knowing the path of safety to awaken to our magnificence so that we can enjoy a world that works for us and by us doing so, lift all others in creating a world that works for all. We may be doing everything we individually can do to move out of the way. We're not living in fear. We're not ignoring we're focusing on the direction. We may be asking the right question, questions. But, you know, on the Titanic, on the ship, the bridge, they didn't get all the messages that were meant for them to point them to the way to safety and peace and prosperity. This is the importance of being in, in, in spiritual community. Because there are others who might have insight, who might be able to support us on our path, who may have traveled this journey and this path before us. I know that here, especially in the United States, we have this rugged individualism. I can do it by myself. I don't need any help. None of us. We, were, we are designed whether by evolution or whatever. However, we are designed to be in community with one another. There are more documentaries and studies. I don't need to go into all of that. We are designed to be in community with one another and to be with our tribe, to be in community with one another in those times that we are facing icebergs. There are others who are helping guide us and lead us to a path of safety. It may go against our collective um, uh, MO. I'm going to do it alone. I don't need anybody. That might be a little dysfunctional. That <laughs> might be. It takes practice. It takes practice to be in community with others, egos, opinions, and ideas. But you know what? Kids on the playground, this is what I say. Kids on the playground have fun when they're playing. And there's times where knees get skinned and elbows, we bump one another. But in the greater picture, we are all being pulled by a vision of a life we would love to live. There's one le more lesson I want to offer you about icebergs. And this will free your mind about the icebergs that you will encounter on your path because there will be icebergs. You may be going through some now. You are greater 
than any iceberg. But here's what I want you to know. At the end of the day, icebergs melt. <laughs> they melt. They melt. The fact that they are an iceberg means they broke off from the glacier. Their, their enormity, the size, their, they have a limited the lifespan. And we encounter icebergs and we go, oh my God, it's so overwhelming. It's going to take me down. But their end is guaranteed. Icebergs melt as we keep the faith, knowing that it is all good all the time. So regardless of what appears, there's an iceberg. But guess what? The life that is in me, the life that is in you, the vision that is calling us, it is larger than an iceberg. This too shall pass. The call of your soul, the call of our community to be the next version of ourselves is greater than any apparent obstacle. And when we make space for it, and that's what we're talking about today, that's what we've been talking about throughout this month, making space for the vision to pull us, unhooking ourselves from the past, unhooking ourselves, make, getting ourselves out of the way so that we can experience the free flow, so that we can free our minds, knowing that the rest does follow.